Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, welcome to another PressX podcast. PressX.com.au if you want to jump on the website. We haven't done much updating, so maybe what jump on the website. I mean, you, what you can do is, besides the one article Ben put up recently, you can jump on there and check out what's happening in this podcast. So all of the links, all of that sort of stuff. What we talk about, Ben does all that, and I'm sure it's pretty painful because none of us help him. Yeah, so as you go, if you're like, hey, Ben's talking about how awesome he is, there's a link to that right now on the top of the page. So uh, feel free to jump on and check all that stuff out. And I also, as Nick mentioned, put up a recap of the Kanye concert that I went to this week, which mm. I'm sure we can still talk a bit about on the podcast. But definitely so that was that was a nice credits version of... Uh, of Sublime's what from, I got. Uh, yeah. Yep, from from uh, Saints Row the Third. On the money. Yeah, so basically that was probably my favourite part of the game where you're just randomly driving around in the first act and that song comes on the radio and you have to drive one of your uh, one of your homies to the next mission and it's a bit of a drive so they're just singing along and it was like totally unexpected but very funny and uh, I, I guess it's because there's so many voices in the game that you can choose from, they had to get all six voice actors including the zombie option to basically sing the whole song and then yeah when you finish the game you get that nice little montage of everyone singing along at the same time which was a kind of cool bonus at the end of the credits mm. so but well, we both finished the game together and um besides the one frustrating uh glitch that's in the game where uh, one yeah. of the particular levels you can't really beat properly if you're in co-op because they seem to have a problem where you have to load a save was it specifically a co-op thing, or could, I think well, I think there's a there's an issue in single player where if you're continuing from an old save and you just go continue at the start, then it doesn't register the character after a certain point. It disappears. Okay. This is one of the one of the bad guys you fight. It sort of disappears. Yeah, we just got into a boss battle and basically the next set of enemies didn't spawn, and so we're like, what's going on? And so we couldn't do anything. We had to kill each other to restart the checkpoint, and that didn't help. So yeah, that was a bit frustrating, but. Uh, other than that, awesome game. So we just dropped off and both beat it ourselves and now we're up. Yeah, so yeah, we finally finished it. And uh, any, any final thoughts on the, the game? I think I've still got a lot to do. A, a lot of the instances and stuff like that, we kind of just went through and played the single play, but it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. There was a lot of just driving around, grabbing my nuts at homies and stuff like that. <laughs> I, think, I think I used the um, blowjob the forced blowjob for my girl. That's why that's her. That's her taunt. That's her taunt. Oh, okay. That's how she. Uh, she. She goes get over here or something like that. Classy. That's just the kind of game it is. Yeah. Yeah. My girl did. She was covered in tattoos and had a pompadour hairdo and a nose ring and uh, short shorts. Yeah, mine. I and a cardigan was, at one point. I was a big fan of the uh, Wild Stallions Bill and Ted style guitar riff, which was pretty awesome too. Mm. But uh, yeah, lots, lots of fun. So it's worth it. Uh, if, if you haven't picked it up, probably probably pretty good idea. I think we we got it for a steal and it was worth a lot more than what we paid. Yeah, it's always, if you wait a couple of months, these things seem to drop down in price pretty quickly nowadays uh, and definitely worth checking out that one. Mm-hmm. I guess it was one of those ones where waiting is a better strategy than buying it straight away. Like like you, what Call of Duty's, don't wait because they'll be $110 if you wait in a month. Buy yeah. at the 89 or something like that Australian you can get them at. 
Anyway, off that topic. So uh, well, we I want to talk about my drive. That's over right. There. That's right. You uh, you walked in and said, "Holy, holy shit!" And you said, "I've got to save it for the podcast." But I want to know now. So yeah, it was. I was about two or three k's away from your house, and all of a sudden, my fuel gauge just drops from I don't know. Maybe it was about half full or something, all the way to zero. And I was just sitting at the traffic lights. I'm like, what the hell? What's going on? Oh, I th- I, I'm, I'm just going to be a little disappointed now because I thought it was like something crazy was chasing you or something like that and you were having to take side streets. And I haven't goes. finished the story. I've also got a car chase story as well. So, yeah, the fuel gauge drops to zero and, like, that's the most nerve-wracking thing I was... I have had, had that happen and you, sort of, you just go, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit, there's not a petrol station near. And usually I was... One, in one of those situations where I'm like, if the fuel gauge is low, it'll warn me. And, mm. it, and I'm like, why didn't it warn me? And just, I reckon it was about half full and it just like, it keeps going down. And I'm like, well, do I have like a puncture in my fuel gauge or something like that? And it's just freaking out a little bit. And then like, my car starts beeping at me, fuel gauge sensor lost. And so I, I now know zero about how much fuel I've got in my car. So I was driving blind for basically the last couple of kilometers. <laughs> that that, that is worse than driving with your eyes closed. It, driving without knowing how much fuel you have. It's so scary. And so I could go fill it up, but like... Now you just have to hope hope yeah, for the best. Yeah, like... And you have to fill up every every couple of days now, exactly, just in case. If, if I don't get it fixed, then I'll have to just assume that I've got enough to... You know, I have to feel it out or something. It's some scary shit. So, yeah, that that was a bit of a traumatic. I think, fucked. I think uh, you might as well just sell the car now. Yeah. Get rid of it. Get it out of your life. It's just going to be trouble. I already, already got hail damage from the a Christmas storm. So, uh, yeah, you're probably right off. a deer. It, it wasn't a write-off, amazingly. Oh, really? Yeah. Bastards. <laughs> Why, it was yours? Um, I haven't done it. And I think I might have left it too late. No, I think you... I think I'm sure they can, but I think they'll be like... Mm, it'll take a lot of time, but I think uh, as much as I pay the insurance, I think it might be under my parents' name at the moment, so they'll need to claim. Yeah, it's one of those things that is definitely booked up for the next couple of months to actually yeah, get yeah. it fixed. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I got another thing to add to that list of shit to get fixed on my car, but oh well, I made it here and that's the important thing. So you're here, so we're podcasting, having some fun. Whether or not I can get home is another story. But... <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe other things... We've been up to, uh, let's go music, Kanye. You went yeah. to Kanye. Um, I've seen some footage of what he did at Big Day Out. Of course, Big Day Out festivals in Australia this last week and a half. It's been so far Gold Coast, Sydney, Melbourne, and now it's, I think I might have done Adelaide as well, and it's Perth this weekend, I think. Okay. I think something like that or Adelaide well, this well, weekend. At but I the know concert, he was basically saying this was his last Yeah, so Australian Kanye, anyway. the thing was, there was the whole idea that Big Day Out Festival is going to end after Melbourne because Kanye, the headliner, was leaving. Okay. So this is the guy they're paying the most money to go and he was going to leave. Yeah. And I but, think there were a lot of other bands that were leaving as well. It was like, a, like there was a lot of bands doing an East Coast tour. Yeah, I noticed that. It does seem weird. Like, do you know the reason for that? Maybe he didn't want to commit to such a long period of time on tour. Yeah. He, he was definitely... I don't think his ticket sales over there were doing well, probably, or something like that as well. Was well, I was surprised because I bought tickets only about a week before the concert, 
and I got really good seats. I was, you know, all the general admission area, which were a bit cheaper, were sold out. Yeah, but the general admission area is worse than the seats. Exactly. So Sydney Maya Music Bowl is a little different to a lot of concert halls that most people would go to. Sydney Maya Music Bowl in Melbourne is an open stadium, basically. Like an amphitheater. Yeah, an amphitheater. And then in front of the amphitheater is a seating section. And then behind is a big high-rise hill where everyone from general admission can sit or stand. And as much as you're up and about moving with everyone, you're a lot further back than if you get seating. But yeah, and so I was surprised I could even get tickets that close to the actual concert date. Mm. Um, And then when I rocked up on the day, I didn't realize how close I was until I walked past basically everyone that had been lining up hours before just trying to cram themselves as close to the front barrier as they could. And just, I cruised right to like almost the front of the stage, which was awesome. That's cool. Yeah, because everyone got to, if you wanted to, you could walk up to the front, I think. Well, there was the front barrier of the general admission and then there was also the front of the seated yeah, area. Yeah, and a lot of people were just standing up from what I heard. I know um, one of the girls I work with went for the company we work with to do a review and she was able to just stand up and watch and she was saying that um, they were they were like one row back and a girl in the front row kept standing up on her seat uh, and yeah. the bouncers kept telling her to get down but then she just kept doing it and so they stopped and she was like, get down off your seat, yeah, you're in my way. It's like annoying. you're in the front fucking row <laughs> and you're standing on your seat and of course she's standing on her seat with her phone out filming the whole time. Yeah, yeah. There was a few people like that but it seemed like if you know someone just gave them a tap on the shoulder they were happy enough to stand down after that. Yeah, I don't know, it was a pretty good venue for it and <laughs> Nick's just showing me an amazing picture on the iPad right now. Yeah, just a, just a cosplay of one of the characters from Dinosaurs. Was yeah. The show was just called Dinosaurs, I wasn't think so. it? It was the son, the son who was wearing the baseball jacket and he was a, some sort of dinosaur. Anyway, let's, let's get back on topic. It was a really freaky show as well. Yeah, like, and they all just die at the end. That's it. They die? End of the world. End of the world happens. In the, like, the last hits. episode or yeah, something. Yeah, kills them all. Oh. <laughs> Uplifting, lighthearted yeah. children's yeah. show. And the little baby. I'm the baby, gotta love me. Yeah. I'll put it, was, this... it was really bad to the dad. I'll put this photo on the uh, on the website. Yeah, yeah. you have to grab it quick. You know, Reddit moves pretty fast these days. But, uh... I'll tell yeah. you what, I just did something a little different. I've started noticing, because I spend a lot of time for my job browsing uh, news sites. Yeah. Uh, they use our content, so I spend a lot of time doing that. But I've noticed that, especially like the Yahoo's and your nine MSNs, and uh, even even to some extent your papers, like your, your news limited papers in Australia, they um, a lot of their kooky news mm. comes straight off Reddit. Oh, really? This is these people are just checking out Reddit, and then they'll just grab something from Reddit and put it up online. So these are like the odd spot kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's a lot of interesting choices. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, like they're usually something that's not too too harsh to put on, something that's a little more like the less offensive. Yeah, the less offensive stuff, and just something that's a little bit clever. And I've I've seen it popping up more and more. And they'll often do sometimes video gaming things that come up. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's just surprising to see what pops up on there. And like, uh, uh, say say someone does a cover of something and that goes up online. Like, I know these Canadian music. Artists on YouTube did a cover of Gautier's Someone That I Used To Know. Yeah. And that was up on Reddit on the front page. And then that got grabbed and put up on all the papers. So these and are the... Even like, you remember my first hardcore song, which we 
we we showed before it went viral. We were watching it before it went viral. Just just want to put that out there. But we didn't <laughs> talk about it last podcast because we just didn't bring it up. No. But we were watching it before last po- or on last podcast basically, and then that went viral. That was up on Reddit before it was up on the papers. Yeah. Right. So th- these are the, the online equivalents of these uh, newspaper kind of things. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, it seems like the people who run that stuff, it would, they would just probably have a few websites that they all check out on a regular basis. And yeah, there's a couple the of ones. gossip websites as well that have really good gossip. They're kind of, it's almost like the website's written by girls. Yeah, right. Like, just a bunch of 16-year-old girls, bad grammar, horrible titles, but they get the gossip. <laughs> they got the connections. They do. I don't know how. They must, they must just crawl the streets of LA. Fair enough. Or they just make shit up. Yeah, but it comes true. Yeah, back to Kanye briefly. Mm. I was yeah loving the concert. He was a bit insane. <laughs> how, how was how was the the two twenty minute monologues? That was interesting. The show overall went for about two and a half hours. I'd say it was definitely ran longer than it was scheduled for. Uh, I wasn't complaining, but he did do these things where basically, uh, like during Runaway, for example, there's on, on the album version uh, kind of an extended auto-tuned yeah section where he just like I'm pretty sure that's exactly just mumbles through yeah and just has like a bit of a beat behind him and he kind of did that but for like at least 15 minutes (laughs) and like you're kind of getting into it and it was a cold night, so you're like jumping up and down. It just warms you up. But by the end of this monologue, I like to put my jumper back on because I'm like, <laughs> what's going on? Um, and there's this ballerina writhing around the stage. And uh, I reckon by the end, she just had to make shit up because I don't think they choreographed that whole thing. I think she would look pretty uh, relieved. Yeah, from when what that I heard, was it, was, it was really like... There was a lot about... There was a couple of ballerinas and then there was like 20 dancers and it was basically... Butts out the whole time. Oh yeah, many, <laughs> many ass. Short, 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 shorts. No, but there, there was no shorts. There was Kanye. They were basically wearing these flesh-coloured leotards with the uh, the back of the leotards like riding up their butts. Yeah. Because they had to do all these crazy splits and shit. Half the time there was two chicks on the sides of the stage. They were freezing upside down doing the splits, mm. and I don't know if. Uh, Having your ass out makes that easier, or Kanye's like, no, butts out, everyone. But uh, I, I wasn't complaining, but it was uh, kind of interesting. <laughs> mm. Well, we, um, uh, our company had interviews with people backstage at Big Day Out, and one of the guys from Blue Juice was talking about what happens backstage with Kanye West. Yeah. And so Kanye West backstage, before the concert, he refuses to see any colours. I heard that. So everything is white, white walls. Everyone has to wear white sheets. White or if you, black, if you, I think. Yeah, yeah. If, if you come in and you're wearing all colours, you have to put on a black jumpsuit, which is uh, like a, a neck-high, uh, what it was, like turtle neck-high jumpsuit. Yeah. And you zip it all the way up. And you walk in like that without any colours visible. Can't have colours on your hands or anything like that. And um, the only things that are coloured are, or he's got a, the TV, mm-hmm. has like you know, a little bit of colour on it. And Xbox on his uh, uh, that's with the TV has a bit of color. That's it. Do you know why? Uh, I think it, it changes his performance. It's his. It is his choice, and it would be a artistic choice that he doesn't want the colors to affect his his performance. Because certainly so you can see like all that. the uh, crew run, running around stage before the show, all just in full black or white, 
and everything had white sheets draped over it on stage beforehand and yeah that was interesting so uh, it seems I don't know why <laughs> I guess he's just Kanye so he can he's do that Kanye. shit yeah. but uh yeah that was uh, kind of funny as well the other thing that was kind of interesting is he kept stopping the show and uh oh I heard that in um Dark Fantasy he stopped the show when everyone didn't drop the n-word he, well, that was another time. Basically, there was a few songs where he would kind of amp up the audience. And I guess that's more showmanship stuff where mm. uh, he would perform up to the first verse and then they'd get to uh, a lyric that no one, well, like everyone would sing along, but he wanted the crowd to go louder. And so he stopped it twice. And so by the third time, you're just like screaming it and you want everyone to basically get through this section so you can play the rest of the song <laughs> and that was pretty awesome that was kind of funny so we heard the start of that song at least three times um and then actually the third time he was like why weren't you singing why wasn't that guy singing he's like singling this one kid out in the audience and i don't know if this actually happened or it was again part of the act but he's like oh you told me that you didn't speak english my bad <laughs> so he's just pointing to some <laughs> some kid screaming at him why aren't you singing um, but the other really crazy bit is he was just at the start of, I think it was, uh, Heartless, he was mm. doing this, one of these monologues and he's just standing up on stage and his backdrop has, uh, like all these multicolored LED dots on it yeah. and you can, I guess, change the colors to whatever you want. And so they were green and he had a, a blue spotlight on him and he gets about maybe like two minutes in and he kind of turns around and out of the corner of the eye, he obviously caught uh, like notice what color the backdrop was and he's like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. start the show start the show it's got to be red and blue and everyone's like what and then he's like full-on serious he's like it's usually red and blue and so they changed the uh, backdrop to red instead of green and he's like okay it's better I'm sorry guys it's just usually red and blue and then he's like started all over again <sighs> we're like what the hell and, like it looked fine. I hardly think anyone in the audience was like, ah, fuck this, it's green, I'm going home. But uh, <laughs> it just kind of shows you the kind of guy that he is that everything, I guess, has to be perfect or at least uh, the same between each concert. And another thing happened where he was basically doing the same thing where the strobe lights weren't uh, up to his standard. And so he stopped the show to test all the strobe lights. He's like, this is what I mean by all strobe. Turn everything off turn all the lights off and then get all strobe, that light, that light, that light. And he points to all the strobe lights and they do it. And he's like, why the fuck are these purple lights still on? <laughs> and so they turned crazy up like, man. Yeah. And so then he did like a minute worth of strobe lights and I assume everyone with epilepsy in the uh, concert didn't get to see the rest of the show. Mm. But uh, yeah, it was awesome concert. He rocked out. He was just kind of crazy, which I guess you expect from a Kanye concert. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, it would have been, I'm assuming... Most of the tracks were really good. He played a lot. I think it was like 26 songs or something like that. Well, it depends what you I mean, count, really. Have, like, short songs. Yeah, he he did about that many, but uh, again, some of them were uh, restarted three times and extended versions of other songs. But yeah, he did like a Jay-Z cover and good variety from his different albums. None, none of the uh, Watch the Throne stuff, but uh, all of his single stuff and mm -hmm. mostly things from... Um, Dark Twisted Fantasy and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think Dark Twisted Fantasy is probably my favourite anyway. Yeah, exactly. So I'd be more than happy to see it. Yeah, yeah. And he, he like made a 
pretty insane entrance coming out of the middle of the crowd in a scissor lift and it just gets raised above the audience and all the smoke and shit's going Yeah, he did that in um, uh, Big Dad as well. Yeah. From what I saw. It was just funny because they played the start of the Watch the Throne intro, which is basically just like this epic orchestral piece. Mm. And all the dancers on stage are basically just worshipping him as he comes up and rises (laughs) up in the middle of the stage with smoke everywhere and this crazy music and... So he played 28 songs. But how many of them? Oh, uh, they've, got, they've got three starts to all of the lights, <laughs> including yep. a false start. Yeah, there was two false starts. So False one... start tease, false start tease two. There we go. Uh, but yeah, overall, it was a pretty awesome set list. It was interesting that they didn't do an encore. Well, it was three acts. Well, there was only two acts in the one that we saw. Oh, really? Because it seems to... I don't know, maybe someone put in the set list from an old one. Okay. Um... Yeah, so, like, at, that was another weird thing. Random intervals throughout the show. Like, at the start, it would say Act 1, and then about halfway through, it would say Act 2. Oh, okay, and okay, maybe, yeah. I don't know, I don't know why. Uh, I, if there was some kind of story, I certainly wasn't following it. It's just, like, the start of Act 2 was where the all the ballerinas came out, and then most of them left, except one of them started writhing around on the floor. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. So, uh, yeah, he's he's a crazy guy, but he puts on a good show. But when you get to the end, and, uh, like, he's played for two and a half hours, so I'm not, like, you know, come back out, but it was clear that people were expecting an encore. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to tell that... Encores are so prevalent, but they're, they're kind of frustrating at the same time. Yeah. And the way that everyone expects them, it's really hard to know what to expect from artists. Because I think Kanye's the kind of guy, encores aren't his thing. He does a show. This is the show you get. Yeah. He comes out there and he gives everything the whole time and he finishes on a high and that's it. He doesn't come back out. He finished on um, Hey Mama, which yeah. I thought was an interesting choice. I I've guess- got no idea what that song is. Uh, it's from one of the older albums and okay. it's a bit slower, which it's a good song, but it's not one of his singles or anything like that. So it did seem like a weird choice to finish on. He said that he was dedicating it. Like he dedicates every show to his mama, his mama. which, uh, I guess that makes sense. But then you, ex- that, I guess that kind of lends itself to why people were expecting an encore. And then that's why they turn up all the lights and people just like start sweeping the stage and I guess it's like, well, I guess that's the show. But uh, yeah, yeah, was... I wait for the lights to go up because once the lights are on, that's it. Yeah, I know. Um, Chris Rock talks about how he doesn't do an encore for his stand-up show, which is also quite. Do unusual. you do encores in stand-up shows? Yeah, all the time. Really? How does that work? They just go off stage, do like their big joke, and then come back out and do like five more minutes or uh, do a Q and A or something like that. Seems irrelevant. Well, it's it's pretty common. Um, I've only been to, I guess, my only stand-up experiences with Billy Connolly, and he doesn't. Do he it. didn't do it either. No, he doesn't. He doesn't do encores. He never has. Okay. He has a break between sets. Yeah, like there's a there's like a five minute break where he has a breather and stuff like that occasionally. Yeah. I think one of the times he had a break, the other time he didn't. He's getting a bit old now, <laughs> so he's, he probably could do with a break. Okay. He's getting a little sexless too. Like that was my only concern that he was. He was very, very down on women. You think it was more genuine than just jokes? It was, it was very, 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 very critical of women throughout most of it. Okay. Because, like, fun. there's a difference between making jokes about it. But yeah, when you can kind of tell that maybe he's a bit too serious, mm. then you're like, all right, this is getting a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, I remember Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Louis C.K. and Ricky Gervais. Did yeah, in um, is it talking comedy? Uh, oh, what's it called? It's, it's something like that. All right, I'll go. I'll go do some Google. It was an HBO special, and basically it was them sitting around talking about the the art of uh, stand up, and they were discussing encores, and that was one of the things that Jerry asks Chris is, "Don't people expect it?" Talking funny. There you go, talking funny, and. He's like, no, nah, I guess my fans just know that I don't do encores. And so I guess that's the kind of thing with Kanye. You just kind of have to know, but clearly people were a little confused whether or not the show had actually finished. It's the problem with Australia. We don't get to see these artists so much. So when it does happen, we're not sure. Yeah. But uh, no, overall, awesome show and uh, great set list. And yeah, his insanity only adds to it. So uh, yeah, I'd definitely go see him again. Hmm. Anyway, that sounds good. Sounds like it was worth going to. I haven't been doing terribly much. I finished, finally finished Skyrim. Like, actually finished. Oh, not, like not the every story team mode finished, But I finished the story and I've pretty much finished using that character and I started a new character. And I started a character that was an orc and I was hoping that by being an orc there would be a lot more involved with orc camps and it's mm-hmm. no different at all. Okay. Which is the thing that's really frustrating. I thought that being certain races would affect certain people's dispositions to you. And I guess the thing about Skyrim is it's based in... Skyrim and it's the home of the Nords and basically every single Nord is just racist towards everyone that isn't a Nord <laughs> so I guess there was no reason to have it different opinions because every Nord is just like fuck you Outlander sure. <laughs> the whole time so I, I think I had a, a when I, I played as a Nord the first time and it didn't happen but the second time you go into a tavern or tavern that is and someone will come up a Nord will come up to you and go get out of my country or something like that and then you're just like shoot him in the face um but so yeah i i my first character was initially fighting mage so i had an axe actually one single-handed axe and, a, and fireballs and that sort of dumb shit and then my second character is a sneaking archer okay. and i'm only using archery and i have only used an axe twice i think or a broadsword twice so I just use archery and i've been sneaking and it's it is a lot more effective so starting when i eventually start that game what would you recommend to, um, to choose? Whatever you want, really. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. If I, okay, so I think swords are okay at the start, but they're not great. Magic's really good at the start because it's just a little bit better across the broad. But if I, if you don't focus on magic, because I focused on both, I found that getting later on, my magic wasn't really worth using. Yeah, I only used it to potentially freeze occasionally, and when I didn't have a shout. Okay. And I used my axe more than anything, which was quite powerful. Um, I'm finding in this game that with archery, if, I, if I'm crouched everywhere I go and I've got my sneak up fairly high, that I just don't have to worry. I can stay squatted down. <laughs> they won't notice close shooting them in the, shoot face. the face. They, they do after a while, but the thing is I can shoot and then when they're coming towards me, it takes them a little while to realize that I'm there. Okay. So I've got chances. And it's really easy to boost both your sneak and archery at the same time because you're shooting them. So you're getting archery points. But if they can't see you, you're getting you know like double double damage from sneak and yeah, things nice. like that. And so you're getting your sneak at the same time. So as I've heard like a lot of people have been starting over trying out new characters and stuff. Do you reckon that's actually... Like, is there much difference? Or it's like is, is it worth playing again or...? Purely because I enjoyed that much. For yeah. me, it was worth playing again because I want to try and see how it works with other other things. Because I wanted to do... I've never played archery before. And so I gave it a go and it's really, really good. 
But apart from the game mechanics, there's not any um, extra content. I've, I've don't done some things different ways. I'm doing the Stormcloaks this time. And it, it, it's, it's interesting that um, it was such a hard decision because it's kind of like you, you've got two choices. You can go with the Imperials who are trying to basically squash a religion. Or you can go with the Nords who are racist towards everyone that isn't a Nord. Is this uh, towards the end of the game or something? Or? No, this is this is this is like so. You've got the main quest, which is the dragons. Mm -hmm. Then you've got two other quests. Well, we've got a dual line quest, which is the Imperials or the Stormcloaks. So they're the two. They're the two uh, forces, the two armies fighting against each other for the land. Okay. The dragons are a little different. So if you want to get all the achievements, for example, you'd have to play twice? No, because just... the, the achievements are do this or this. Uh, okay, that's a pretty good way to do it, I guess. I guess. I, I kind of liked it that it kind of wanted you to play again a different way. Yeah. And I'm finding that uh, the only way you, you can play again is if you want to, and it was I want to, and I, I can't see that many people really wanting to. Sure. I think a lot would, though, to be honest. I'm probably, probably a little off on base with that. I think a lot of people really enjoyed this game though. Yeah, well, I've had a few people talking about uh, replaying it and, you know, it's one of those things I definitely have to get to that game at some stage. Yeah. Just... So I've been doing different things. I've been going to different areas and trying to do different things and talk to different people and do it a different way. Yeah, that's cool. So um, it's working out all right. And, and just doing quests a different way. I'm trying to do the Daedric quests. Mm -hmm. You've got to get, there's an achievement for getting every single Daedric item technically, but some of them you can double up on. So we, there's a certain one where you get a Daedric item if you do, if you kill one person or you get a Daedric item if you kill the other person. Yeah. Or if you kill the guy or don't kill the guy. But what you can do is kill all the people that are trying to kill the guy, <laughs> get one item. I hope I'm not, probably not spoiling because I've been trying to be really generic with this. So you can kill everyone else, get the item because the guy's like, hey, you've done a good job of turning it around on them. Okay. And then when you go in and kill the guy again, you get the other item as well. So does that count for two items? They or? count for two items. Yeah, yeah. sure. And there are, the hard thing is, it's really frustrating because there are some that don't count. So you get certain ones from other quests and you get certain ones from doing other things, but they don't count towards that achievement because they're not from a Daedric quest. Okay. That's so it's, it's quite confusing. And of course, you know, the Skyrim wiki is where I, I yeah. get every single piece of information I use. Well, I think with all those uh, Bethesda games, you basically have to know what you're doing to... Uh, try and do all that stuff. I won't continue. There's so much to do. I won't continue boring everyone with Skyrim stuff. But I've also uh, downloaded Doom. I've been playing through that. Uh, yep. I've been playing it on second highest difficulty, I think, or whatever. It's hurt me plenty or something like that, or whatever uh, this yes. one is. Um, I want to feel the pain or something. You're like playing that. on the uh, Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah. Version. It is fucking hard. Oh, yeah. I, just because there's so many fucking dudes. <laughs> and you go into a room and it's like. Oh, okay, I need to hit this switch. You hit the switch and it's like, brah, and it's like 30 guys in that room. You're like, I can't kill 30 fucking guys. Well, how do you uh, do the god mode with the no keyboard? And that's like how all, well, I used to play, just, just god mode. Yeah, god mode, unlimited weapons, and uh, just run through it. Because it's think impossible probably, otherwise. I think you could put it in cheats, but I'm trying to do it legit. And the, the, the most frustrating part by far is that if you don't save and you just restart... You restart that with the fucking handgun with 50 bullets. From the start of the level? From the start of that level. Yeah. So you walk out and there's 12 imps in the first room. So you, you pretty much just have to save after every room or something like that. Yeah, I'll be, I think you can, I'm not sure if you can save at individual points or whether you, you save across. I haven't 
bother checking. Maybe you can. Because uh, on the old DOS version, you can oh, definitely yeah. save wherever you wanted. So Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe if I try that, I might might be in a better position to yeah. save after I go through every room. Exactly. Because I remember in um, Duke Nukem 3D, when they re-released that on XBLA, they added a cool feature where you could just rewind time. And so it seems like that's the kind of thing that would have benefited Doom as well because yeah. they're pretty similar. The, um, the thing is, it's not made for today. So no. that's why they need to put in features that help people today. Because I did play it as a kid, but I didn't really play it as a kid. I think I played it... I think I played Doom 2. Yeah. And there was like no bad guys in the first area. I think or something. Or maybe no, there wasn't. Because you could pick up the chancellor and stuff there. And we've just gone crazy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I actually want to play Quake 2. Quake 2 is the game I used to play a lot as a kid. See, I, I was... Shooters. Yeah, I was a fan of those games back in the day. But it's just one of those things where... Like a lot of those old games, I didn't play from the start all the way to the end, you just kind of get all the cheats, find the level skip, or find the cheats to give you the cool weapons, and just screw and there's around. The cheat in, there's the cheat in um, Doom 2, where you go straight to the the level with the, the giant Nazi robot. I, is that uh, not Wolfenstein? No, I think it's, there's Doom 2 as well, because I, oh, okay. I used to have Doom 2, because like, <laughs> this is so good, <laughs> at high school, this is an amazing story. So I went to, I went to what school I went to, but I went to high school, and at that high school, they had, you know, like, like one server that yeah. everyone can connect to. Someone in that server had put in like a, a couple of different files. And so if you go through one file into another file through to another secret file, yeah. Doom 2 was on the server. I remember And so days. every single kid had was would play Doom 2 as soon as they got to school. Yeah, and you could kind of just like spread the word of where those uh, yeah, games Yeah, everyone knew where it was, but none of the teachers knew it was. Actually, the, probably te the teachers probably played it at lunch or something like that. Probably. But uh, yeah, they, they wouldn't have known how to delete it or anything like that. They couldn't stop us. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, um, the texts were pretty bad at my school. There was, there was other uh, ones where everyone would be playing Counter-Strike later on in uh, their lunch breaks. And as soon as the teacher would come around, they'd have to quickly close the window and you could yeah, kind we of had, tell. Yeah, we had Counter-Strike, but everyone used to play LAN parties of uh, like Counter-Strike and... Whatever the other one was, yeah, a lot. Good days, good days. Anyway, that's, I'm just I just jumped online. I'm just checking out. I had on Reddit the the cheapest made movies, or the top like top the fifty lowest, top fifty yeah budget, lowest budget like blockbuster movies yeah. Kind of thing. Paranormal Paranormal Activities yeah fifteen thousand dollars and it made like a hundred and something million hundred and ninety three million dollars at the box office yeah that's the highest you could retire. Oh, absolutely, because there's like four people that made that movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, that's the highest. Well, I guess like the most successful movie of all time if you go from budget to profit. And yeah, uh, before that, Blair Witch was the the previous uh, owner of that record. Yeah. Which um, it basically shows if you make a good handheld horror movie, then you got a chance at becoming a super billionaire. Yeah, the other another good one is the castle, which was made on twenty thousand dollars. Which if you're Australian, you know, you know the castle. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I didn't realize it was only twenty thousand. Yeah, that's nothing. There's some like even even lost in translation was four million. That, that, that seems like I don't think you could get Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray for four million. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things where uh, they would have done it not for the money. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just crazy how cheap some movies can be made. Even Animal Kingdom, an Australian film, was made on $5 million, and that, that got Jackie Weaver a nomination for the Oscars. Yeah, it's Actually, that's something we should talk about. Because I don't uh, think we've... Um, yeah, I don't think we've been uh, been around since that. 
Also, apparently, uh, Grizzly Man was made on next to nothing as well because it was the guy's footage. Was yeah. Treadwell's footage. Or he just... Uh... That is a really good documentary. Yeah. Uh, it, I, it, we, we both did study it in um, at university and it was the idea of Wiener Herzog. Wiener Herzog. Wiener Herzog. He, um, he puts a lot of his own personal opinion into the piece. He sure does. And so that was the idea of... Can documentaries work even with, without that independence? Yeah, it's basically for anyone who's unfamiliar with the and film. And to be honest, he's pretty pretty much on on the money. The guy was a psychopath. I don't say he was a psychopath. Timothy but Treadwell was he mass. was he was crazy. He was he was woman hungry and crazy. You can't uh, be normal to go live with bears. No. So basically, for anyone who's unfamiliar, it's a documentary about. This guy who is, he goes to Alaska or something like that. Um, yeah, I think it is in Alaska, and he lives with he's he's like a one man crusader against against uh, uh, people killing bears. And yeah, and so he, he spends about six months of every year living with bears, and then he got eventually yeah, eaten eventually, by a bear. Yeah, eventually he him and his partner were in one of the camps, and one of the bears came and bit him. Yeah, and it, that, took him and enjoyed him. It's so messed up because. He was obviously able to press record on the video camera, and so during the bear attack, you can hear. Well, he. Oh, he, they don't show it. That's yeah, the thing. yeah. That, that's they recorded the... audio of him getting eaten, but the lens cap was on, so no video. And so there's a scene where uh, Werner Herzog is listening to it, and uh, yeah, that's pretty full on. But it, it is a bit. He puts himself into the movies. So I was like, oh, you must never listen to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. It was. There were some really odd things in that, odd choices in that movie, but it was, I watched it again and I thought it was, I still think it's a great movie. Oh yeah, definitely. It's awesome. Mm, but it's, uh, yeah, worth watching, worth watching. So we might, uh, chat about Oscar nominations as I scroll through the last of here and I'll, um, oh, Shaun of the Dead was made for 6.1 mil. Yeah. Well, there's like, it's, it's, movies like The Castle, which is 20,000, it definitely shows there's a difference between the production values of something like that. And something like Shaun of the Dead. Well, the castle was made in the 90s and you can't really hold it by the same state, especially when it was made in the early 90s, I think. Yes, it's been a while now. No, it was 96, I think it said on there. So it was made in the 90s and it was very much an Australian piece. And for that sort of low budget, if you factored in buying cameras, the camera was a large percent of that and it wouldn't have been a good camera. Yeah. These are like like handheld. It'd be interesting to know. What, Taped cameras, yeah. What people got paid on that movie because he had like Eric Banner, who's I don't think he was. He, I don't think I don't think he was Eric Banner then. Oh, uh, he definitely wouldn't have been. No, um, but he was doing full frontal and things like that at that time. That's true. Australian wise, he was pretty famous. Yeah, I think I, this is one of those situations where it was Australians coming together to make an Australian film. Well, I, I assume that basically Did Michael you, Keaton is that, is that his name or uh, I don't know. Stephen Curry was in it. Oh, and, Sorry, I'm just going to do some more checking up on here. I, I, I oh, Mike, Michael. Because uh, no, Michael Keaton is um, Batman, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, he was in the first Batman film. Michael Keaton, I think is his name. Michael Keaton. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was confusing. He's, he's an Australian, Australian, and a very famous Australian personality almost. He's like on Pack to the Rafters and stuff now. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck that. Shit. Like I'm, yeah, I don't really try not to criticize too much anymore. I'm getting pretty critical of everything. I got really angry at another. I got really angry at another podcast and wrote a negative review because they were just so fucking critical of everything, and they talked down about everything. And then they started doing podcasts like this is like a just a 
I won't name the podcast, but they're talking about everything in culture across the board. Okay. Across um, you know, popular culture. And they would talk about new movies coming out and stuff like that. And every single new movie they were critical of, they, they were okay at the start. And then they started getting like ultra like, this movie will be shit. This movie will be shit every uh, single yeah. time. And then they started doing episodes that were purely based on classic like a classic movie mm-hmm. and they're like oh my god it's amazing <laughs> and then they go and criticize everything that came after it yeah sure and it's like fucking hell why no one wants to listen to you jerk off over war of the worlds for an hour <laughs> while you complain about everything else well that, that's the why, thing why like... did you just do a, why, why didn't they just go and they did it on 2001 a space odyssey as well they were saying they loved bother. it or they yeah they went nuts about it okay. and how great it is why, why fucking bother talking about it uh, they said there was nothing critical about that. You can be critical about that film pretty comfortably. Yeah, sure. I think it's amazing, but there, are, there are some scenes that are too long. Like they are too. You can't you can't deny how long those scenes are. Yeah, for sure. Especially the face, the spaceship flying in. That's a that's a five minute scene where four minutes would have sufficed. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think these days everything can be tighter, trying to make it as yeah, snappy exactly. as possible. Yeah. Like I was thinking of the same thing the other day because I saw a Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy last yeah. night. And I did not get that movie. Um, I went with my family. My dad was really into it. But I couldn't tell you even what that movie was about. I saw it. but like Maybe maybe you had to live in the time as well. I guess. I, think, I, I have done research on, on, on the Cold War. Sure. And trying to understand it. But I guess I didn't. Like, the thing is, your dad would be able to go, I remember the fear. The, I remember sitting up at night thinking... The Soviets are going to drop a bomb right now on me. Well, that's one of the things like I like watching Mad Men with uh, my mum because she has more of a uh, relationship to that time period, mm. and so she's like, "Oh yeah, I remember when this happened. This happened," and kind of explains it. Yeah, to where me. They, what they like they they were listening to. I think this is on going. I still haven't watched. I got it sitting there, but going from what Bernie Burns on one of the the Rooster Teeth podcasts said was that there are points where they they're listening to the Muhammad Ali fights on the radio because. You don't have TVs. Sure. And that that was kind of like high society. Yeah. And so, uh, having seen this movie, I don't really like talking about it, especially with people who do enjoy it, because I don't want to drag down their opinion of it. And mm. so, having, like, if you just come out of a movie, like, I just remember coming out of uh, Avatar and a couple of my friends, and we were all like, yeah, that was pretty awesome. And then one of the girls that we saw it with was like, this is shit, what are we doing? I hated it. And just proceeds to list off like 10 Every things that she didn't like about yeah. it. It's just like, well, fuck off. Don't, you don't need to drag down our experience. <laughs> yeah, I do, that, that is frustrating. I guess I'm, I can be like that with Kurt sometimes on these podcasts. Yeah. About it. But that's fair enough. He, he's a dickhead about stuff. So. Well, he's not here to defend himself. Exactly. So what, this is... So yeah. Everything he likes is bad. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But uh, speaking of that, I don't think last episode captured properly the awkwardness of when you called out Kurt for spoiling things. Oh my god. <laughs> he was he was so affronted. But he does. He's done it to me so many times. I'm not, I'm not denying that. I just thought it was like pretty amazing. And so in editing, I don't know if it uh you know, you can capture the tenseness of that atmosphere. <laughs> I think there, there was like there was like a moment where it was he was just like don't go any further. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think there was a moment where he did not want me to explain any of it. Uh, anyway, good times. I say I say he shouldn't have spoiled me. I still have a vendetta. You have to oh, find God. find whatever he's watching at the moment. And, uh, oh no, I need to. I need to, need to beat him. I won't be able to beat him to a game. He'll be able to finish it before me. But I won't be able to do that. It was. Just, oh, 
I'm just rehashing it in my head again. <laughs> Fucking hell. He, he, just, he just goes, up. how good is it when the guy betrays you? I haven't got that far in the game. Yeah. You asked me how am I going in the game and I said I just started and you spoil it like that. Like, because the ending where this happens is really awesome. Yeah, like, I know. Thanks, Fucking dude. hell. Oh my God, I'm angry now about it. Sorry. So let's go complain about the Oscars. Okay. I, I can't really complain. It seems pretty good. But then again, I'm kind of... I'm, I'm kind of against a couple of the films that are there. Well, I don't, I don't really think that Hugo's worth... Like, it might be a great film, I, but I, do, I don't think it should be in there. I do. Okay. I saw it last week. Okay, so maybe I, if you see it, you've got a better opinion. Yeah, I didn't have any real urge to go see this movie until everyone kind of started talking about it. Okay. And, like, raving about it. And I was like, okay, I get, well, the, I get the impression it's, it's another Martin Scorsese suck-up where the Academy denied him for so long that now every single movie he makes, they're putting him in. They're like, so Martin, we're going to not, put Martin in. No, uh, he's nominated. A, but has he got a win? Right? Yeah, he won for The Departed. Okay. Because that's the kind of Martin Scorsese movie I'd be like straight first in line for. But like you're looking at the poster of this movie, it just looks like they're trying to capitalise on Harry Potter's success. And capitalise on 3D. Yeah, and so I wasn't Did really... you watch it in 3D? Yeah, I did. Um, do, you, do you like 3D? Do you prefer to see them in 3D? It's hard to not see 3D movies in 3D now in Australia. Yeah. Because they don't really show them in unison with 2D. To be honest, I don't really care about 3D most of the time. Especially when it's like an extra couple I, of dollars. I, I don't think I'm ever going to see a movie in 3D again. Yeah? Just because... Fuck that. Do you not like it? or It's irrelevant. I, uh, I don't care about... It, it's... Film, I, I like the idea of film Film being about the mise-en-scene. The idea that what you see is in the scene for a reason. 3D seems to make people film in a 3D plane. They don't film it in the sense of, we need to show him in a stressful moment moving quickly and, and, and explain the pressure that he's under. It's like, we need to have four layers here so he can intermove and intertwine between these layers. Yeah, and like always throwing shit at the screen. Exactly. Right? It's like, oh, we need to have him throw a tennis ball at the screen this time. Yeah, I think certain films like My Bloody Valentine 3D and Final Destination where it's like I think even, those cheesy horror films where they kind of play up to that. I think even Avatar well. threw in a lot of... Because there is a particular scene in Avatar where he... I, that, that's my ideal scene of this was not needed. Where he's weaving between the trees and he's okay. weaving closer to the screen and away from the screen. I, I doubt if he's running away from a giant monster that's trying to kill him, he's got enough time to jump four trees over and move around. He's well, gone straight. I'm fucking running straight as fast as I can to get away <laughs> from this thing. I'm not I'm not trying to weave left where it can follow me comfortably. Well, I don't know if you've uh, tried outrunning a crocodile. Apparently that's what you're supposed to do. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, but... Uh... Uh, there's a problem with 3D when you pan really quickly, like just to either left or right or right to left, that it blurs a yeah. lot. And there's other problems where if they have things that are up and in like, like there was another scene in Avatar where all the hands were up and waving mm -hmm. and they've gone part, they've gone back out from the hands and the hands are like there and then they're boop, disappearing oh, okay. because of the position they are on the screen. Yeah. And right. they, they sort of, they're just like, it's just like boop, hand in from the side. It doesn't work. Uh, yeah, so, like, things like that kind of detract from the experience. Uh, I think I wouldn't rule 3D out entirely, but no. certainly... Uh, Avatar certainly did it well with things like where he wakes up at the start and there's, like, the occasional drop. There's a drop of uh, of liquid on, like, a little bit further up on the screen, screen that he focuses on. Okay. 
there were some really clever ideas, but and I still think 3D will be overused in the sense of we've got to show it in 3D. Well, that's the thing. That to justify after, our 3D. After Avatar, it seems like every single movie had to all of a sudden become 3D. And, and even stuff like uh, Alice in Wonderland, they 3D... That was, like, built for 3D, though, really. Well, that that's the kind of movie that would have benefited from it, but they didn't film it in 3D, so they yeah. did a 3D conversion, and it just didn't look very 3D. Yeah, it, it, it looked like... It looked like those pop-up books that you pull out. Mm. You know those ones where it's a flat image and you pull it and there's like the cut layers? But the, That's the, my hard part about 3D because it looks like cut layers. It doesn't look like real 3D. But it's the kind of thing that I just, after a while, half the time I just forget about it. And so I would probably almost prefer to watch it normally just because I don't even notice it after a while. I think, I think I'm hitting that stage yeah. where I am turning from a progressive person into a what of the opposite of regressive regressive I forgot what it's called um, <laughs> I don't know what you're where saying you're very that. staunch in your views and you don't want things to change oh okay that's steadfast yeah steadfast we'll go with that one um, but I it, the day they film Moneyball or something like that in 3D is the day I stop watching movies because so, certainly I saw like uh, Thor in 3D and I thought that was like unnecessary and there was a problem with our cinema as well where every time text popped up on the screen it would be like, you could see two images. Oh, really? Yeah, and so it was just things like that where I guess they hadn't focused the cameras right or something weird was going on, but it seems like, you know, if you're paying more for and it... Yeah, and you're paying more. It's, the movies, it's $20 to go to... Is it $20 a ticket now? Yeah. $20 to go to the movies in Australia. It's and crazy. 3D's a little bit more. 3D's like 25 isn't it, or something like that. Well, you have to pay, like, an extra dollar for your glasses, and then th it's like $3 more for 3D films. And that's why I don't like... I, I like it when they adjust for inflation on, on ticket prices and things like that mm. because Avatar is the highest grossing film of all time it's also $10 more expensive or $15 more expensive than what it was to go see Titanic yeah well that's what I mean so how can, you, how can you compare the two when me and Kurt were in America and we saw uh, The Hangover Hangover 2 and it was just half the price of our tickets I'm like well how come America can do it because our money is worth more than theirs at this time. Yeah. And it's like we're paying over double this price. I think, yeah, it's getting a bit insane. It's here. just the way it is. It's, it's, that, it's that idea of it's been this price for so long that they won't bring it back. But it's just frustrating when you can buy it on Blu-ray, import it from Amazon or something for less than the price of one Should ticket. Should I, um, over from the UK, I imported region-free versions of uh, the David Attenborough Life and... Frozen Planet and I can't remember what the other one's called. Yeah. Um, Planet Earth or something? Planet Earth, that's the one. You're on the money imported those and they were like 15 pounds each yeah I did the same and and when I got them it was like it was like including another book I paid $60 to get them imported across to Australia yeah They're, one of them is about 100 Australian dollars right now yep and I got, I got it for so much cheaper yeah it's insane I something so angry has to it. balance out but, yeah uh, at least we have these other options with online and stuff I, it's just the idea of getting it over here and I'm actually really frustrated that movies aren't coming out in time like Extremely was it extremely loud and incredibly close, which is nominated for best picture. That doesn't come out in Australia until two days before the Academy Awards. Well, I don't think it's really out as a wide release in America, is it? I think it might be now. I think it's been officially released in America. Okay, because I think now. when, but I know it's the twenty sixth is when it's released in Australia, and it's like it's two days before the fucking awards. Because I think when it uh, was when the nomination. Oh, yeah, right. It's getting a wide release. A limited release on the twenty fifth of December. Now it's going to have a wide release on January twenty. Okay. Because, yeah, when the nominations came out, I think it was not even out in America. So it must have been... Uh, they just snuck they, it in yeah, at the end of last like, year. Like they they released it at one or two cinemas so then they could. Yeah. And release. I know the Academy 
the people who vote, they get screener copies and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. So I, I can't fully comment because I've only seen Moneyball of the films and I've got Tree of Life, which I, you know what, I'll watch it soon. I will watch Tree of Life soon to make sure I can talk about it. But, so you got Moneyball, Tree of Life, I will not see Warhorse. <laughs> I will not see that film. Fair enough. It, it, people say it's good, but they also say, it's been very, very mixed reviews, I think, from what I've read. I think, and there are people saying that this is this is Steven Spielberg at his worst, in the sense of trying to manipulate people's feelings to get a reaction. I it's not about a good film; it's just about getting tears out of people's eyes. Yeah, it's one of those movies that if you fall for the uh, heroic animal stories, yeah, if you love horses, you probably enjoy it. Yeah, uh, but judging from the trailer, I'm sure you can. I think pretty it's much got tell... best picture because of the way it's filmed and the way it's produced and the way it looks. That it was such a well, well, well done film in one. The, the, the content of the film doesn't always have to be great for the film to be nominated, I think. Well, that's the thing with a lot of these films is that they all seem very safe choices. The Best Picture nominees, especially. And there's nine, two instead of ten. It's very interesting that they've done that. Yeah. It I, seems so odd. I know they upped it from, I think it was five a couple of years ago. And they're like, oh, we want to do this to give a wider range of pictures a nomination and yeah. it seems like it's still the, well, it's the same like kind money, of movies. I love Moneyball and I want it to win but it's not going to it's one of the extra you could it, it really it should be probably The Artist The Descendants The Help Hugo and probably Tree of Life well, I, saw, I um, think that has had such a such a strong reaction from people that it would probably be nominated as well yeah you can often tell uh, what's going to win from the Golden Globe winners and stuff like that yeah but I, I thought the Golden Globe winners is usually different to what Oscar winner is they I think there's still think quite there's a bit of overlap yeah. so uh, but I was surprised Descendants won for Best Picture at the Golden Globes as well just because I think there's there's a big George Clooney love affair at the moment well it's like not even at the moment just <laughs> if he does anything it seems likely he'll get a nomination yeah but that'll be interesting um I, I don't know if we can really I don't think we've seen enough to really talk I've, about I've seen Oscar. about five of the best pictures yeah. uh, the night. Yeah, you've seen a lot more than me. I, I'm happy to... I, we should go out and see a few more. I, I do want to try and see as many as possible. Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether I'll get around to it. That's the thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, Gary Oldman was nominated for Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. He was, I'm not sure. He seems like he's a really odd man. He's a very odd man. Yeah, he was fine. Um, he, I, again, I didn't really understand the movie enough to... Yeah say whether or not he deserves that win. I am happy that Bridesmaids got a few nominations because it was a good film. It really was. Oh, well, I was glad that it got... Uh, Kristen Wiig got nominated yeah. for Best Writing, at least. And that... Um, what's her name? Uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy got nominated because she she was really good. Yeah, she was very funny. In it, that was, it was just the... How much of a human... Like, as much as she was the kind of the comic relief, she was more human than a lot of the other characters were. And she was... I don't know, you've seen it as well, if you, if you don't want to... I guess it's comedy, so it's hard to ruin a comedy. Yeah, it's... But the idea that, you know, she didn't have friends, so she went out and just went out there and made friends. And that she went out there and talked to people, didn't matter, no use holding back, I'll go out there and I'll try to be friends with people. And the idea that Kristen Wiig's character, she may have thought she's lost a friend, but she's gained a friend. <laughs> it's very inspirational. Yeah, yeah, it's that, that sort of idea. And then just... That scene where she's driving away with all the puppies in the that's, back of that's the car. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> she steals the puppies as the Oh my god, that's so good. It's making me happy just thinking about it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so actually, there's a funny video that makes me really happy. Have you seen... Um, it's it's like Sarah's Disneyland surprise? No, I don't think so. Uh, there's a video... I'll, 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 I'll try and whip through and play it and you'll 
probably. I, 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 I tear up. Is that horrible to say that I tear up when this happens? Well, it depends, depends what our surprise is. If uh, it's... Uh, you're not going to Disneyland. Yeah. And you're adopted. It's something like that. Yeah, we thought we'd break the news that you're adopted by telling you on the... Uh, yeah. On Magic Mountain. Can I kind of search on YouTube? Lily's Disneyland Surprise is what it's called. This is going to be really good for, for people, but you'll link it so people can listen to it. Yeah, I'll put it in. Is your birthday coming? I'll bet it in the list. She's got presents. Mum and Dad have bought her a big bag with everything. What else? This is just funny. How do you like this? How? 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 Where do you think we should take all this stuff? Where do you want to go with it? You could go anywhere. Where would you want to go? Why don't we go? Now. Today. Oops. I'm being I'm being serious. We going? We're leaving today to go to Disneyland. Are you joking? No, I'm not joking. Are we dead? Yes, we're going. We're going. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me tear up every time. She's so happy. Such nice parents. <laughs> so the girl then cries and does a happy dance while she's crying, so it's pretty sweet after very sweet. Makes me makes me happy. That's right. Anyway, other stuff we've kind of really jumped around and not really had any train of thought. That's okay. cool. Um, it was there any more nomination talk that you wanted to get to? Or? Uh, nothing really. I was just, I'm just unsure. I thought unsure. Um, maybe Tom Hardy should have got a nomination for uh, Warrior. He was really awesome in that okay. movie. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't. Too one of my another one of my pet peeves. I'm gonna cut you off there. Is that and this this is this is more a case of I think it's ingrained in Australia and it forces the Australian media to do this that the Australian media always seems to have to go Australia snubbed whenever an Australia it always everything that happens around the world has to relate to Australia. Well, otherwise was... people in Australia don't care and it's so fucking mind boggling. Well, I think even if uh, we do get nominations. That's all they're going to focus on for the most part. Is you'll get like you know who wins best actor, who wins yeah. best picture. But I don't think any Australian was nominated this year. Yeah, and so that's and the, it was like Australia snubbed at the Academy Awards, and it's like fucking hell. There's a whole world of people, and the majority of movies are Hollywood made by Americans for Americans. The idea that Australia is supposed to represent strongly there is it's not realistic. But I, I still think that is what people are interested in. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the. Australians are fucking dumb and only, only <laughs> seem to care about... It's like, anytime there's a tragedy, it's not upsetting that there's a tragedy. It's upsetting that one Australian might have been caught up in it. Well, there was a really good joke about that on uh, Newstopia a couple of years ago, which was Sean McAuliffe's kind of fake news program. Mm. And basically I there was... Sean McAuliffe. Sean, if, you, if you're not from Australia, check out Sean McAuliffe. Funniest man in the world. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Um, they were doing a news story about a plane crash in New Zealand. And it's like 174 New Zealanders died and three Australians. But they like focus the whole rest of the article on the three Australians. Yeah. And it pretty much sums it up because, uh, you know, everyone, like a complete massacre. It's like, oh, but an Australian died. Holy shit. Exactly. Otherwise, you know, no Australians were injured. Next story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a lot like that when those sort of things happen. Um, anyway, all I was going to say was. After last podcast, I ordered a camera, a video, a, a, um, a camera. It's been about two weeks since our last podcast. And it was, I ordered it on a website who were doing direct imports from overseas. And the thing was, it said, so I had to order. Then that order had to be confirmed on their end and accepted before it counted. And so it took, I ordered it on a Monday or I think I actually, I think I actually ordered it on a Sunday afternoon. And it took until the Friday before it was confirmed that it said your order has been confirmed 
it may take between 7 and 19 days for it to be shipped. Mm -hmm. On Monday, it arrived on my desk at work. Then an hour after that, I got an email saying, your order has been dispatched. <laughs> and then I got an hour, another message after that saying, the order number was incorrect. If you'd like to track it, here's the order number. And it's already sitting on my desk. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know where it is. Yeah. So I thought it was very funny how, how quickly it arrived. Yeah, sometimes you can have some really good experience with those stuff. It's hard to... I think, I think it may have been in Australia already. Like They'd already brought in all these orders across and they were sitting in a warehouse waiting to be bought. Yeah, well, I know um, I've had like really fast shipping from every time I ordered from Officeworks. It basically comes the next day. And supposedly, if you order that morning, you can get it that day. Yeah, yeah. I, most of the places I order from are like next day delivery. Yeah, which is really impressive considering you could order you know, a whole desk or whatever and that's not going to cost you. It's free shipping. And it's mm. not going to cost you anything extra. Well, it's kind of like, day. it's almost like you're calling up on the phone and getting them to deliver it to your house. Yeah. Like it's just so much more convenient if I able to just jump on the computer and not have to go anywhere. Yeah, I think that's the way things are going. But yeah, really nice camera. Pretty, pretty damn good, the one I got. Um, and I went out to the zoo yesterday to do some photography. Such a nice day. And I, I really love coming to the zoo. I don't know why, but I really like animals. Well, it's I haven't been to the zoo for a long time, but uh, just looking at your pictures, it made me want to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back soon and probably try and do some filming. Check out the, uh, the high yeah, yeah, cause, yeah, and see, see, do some practice on that, because it was mainly just to practice. Yeah. And there was some really good stuff. Like, a lot of the animals, it was a hot day, but a lot of the animals were out. It's really nice to see them when they're out. Oh, yeah, well, Especially the big cats. Half the time, you rock up to one of their uh, enclosures, and you don't know if they're in there hiding or yeah. just like out and being fed or something. So there's a massive crowd of people and you're like, Ooh, what are they looking at? And you're like, they're looking at a cave where an animal should be. Mm. It's really good. You can usually tell cause a lot of big crowds always hang around the same spots, but cause Melbourne's got a lot of babies at the moment. They've got two baby, uh, elephants okay. and they play with each other. And it was really weird. One of them was at the edge of the water pool where they're at and bobbing up and down and jumping in. And then I'm sitting there, next thing I hear, and in front of it, an elephant that's been underwater the whole time that's and then cool. pops out. This other baby had been underwater for the three or four minutes we were there and we had no idea. That's awesome. It was really odd. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it's there. <laughs> I had no idea. And there were, there were a lot of, it's, you know, because it's a lot of babies in spring and a couple of the, the, the coaties, I think they're called, which are, I can't remember where they're from. I'm, I'll do a little bit of just to check. What out kind of animal one. is it? it it's, it's kind of like a large weasel. It's, oh, a, it's, okay. a, it's a mammal and it's quite long. I think it might be from Indonesia or somewhere around that area. And they'd had kids as well. And um, they had a ton of them. There was mum and dad in the one cage and six six babies. And the other one had a couple of babies. But there were so many of them. That they were all just running around and jumping and climbing. It was a lot <laughs> of fun to see them run around. I'm just going to check now. So uh, what's your opinion of the camera? Really happy. This is a Canon EOS or something like that? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a Canon... It, yeah, yeah, EOS 600, 600D, mm -hmm. which is called the Rebel TI something, Rebel, Rebel yeah, 3 the, TI in the US, yeah. and it's got another name somewhere else. Well, that, that's pretty much one of the uh, most common mid-range. Mm. Uh, yeah, so ones. mine, so what, what, what they, they range from, I, I, probably, the of, of the SLRs, the bottom line of the top line of SLRs is the um, 1110. Then they've got the 550, then they've got the 600, 60, uh, 7D and 5D is kind of like the top of the range in that sort of section. Yeah. And the 7D and the 5D are amazing. And the 5D is like a 
$2,500 camera and the 7D is like a $2,000 camera or a $1,500 camera depending on what you want to pay. But my camera is kind of like the beginner's amalgamation between some of the top end. Mm -hmm. So it, it has a lot of features uh, that you don't get on the lower ones but it's also, it, it's, it's basically the 550D with extra features from the 60D. Okay. So it was, it was worth it. it. There's a lot of good stuff and it does full HD filming and things like that which is what I'm looking forward to using. Yeah, I'd definitely be interested to... That's good because I can use it for work and things like that. Okay. It can help a lot. And it's mainly because I've got a trip going up to Europe. And so it's to use on there, but it'll be also to use at work, which I've already taken it in and used it, used it at work for some things. I haven't done filming, but I've done photography for work at this point. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to see uh, how the uh, video footage compares because those photos looked really good. Mm. So. I'm having real trouble finding this animal. <laughs> It doesn't exist. You're all in a fever dream while you were seeing it. Uh, it might have been. It's like a raccoon. So it says, has a lot in common with a raccoon. Brazilian and Mexico. And so, yeah, in that, that sort of area. And they had a lot of them? Yeah, they had a ton. They had two and they had a ton of babies. There was a surplus of crotees. Yeah. I wonder whether, just jump on Wikipedia here. I wonder whether I can upload my pictures to Wikipedia and use them. I don't know. I guess, probably. Yeah, and I wonder whether people will be like, you need to source where you got this from. I took the fucking picture. Well, I think as long as it's in the public domain, then they're allowed to use it. I don't know whether or not uh, they will use it. Yeah, I think Melbourne Zoo counts. I've seen a lot that are from zoos. Yeah, if you took the photo yourself, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Well, it was a lot of fun. I, it, the lions roar a lot at the zoo <laughs> it's really exciting to see them roar that's cool because they're so loud they start off one roars a lot and then the other one starts roaring a lot as well they do big long ones and then they start they get to the end they start going <laughs> <laughs> <They're tired. laughs> and they both make this little roar noise and it was funny because I was, I was while i was doing it i was there were three lions and they'd both been walked two of them been walking around and one been sitting down the main one had been sitting down and so one walked away to start roaring, the other one sitting down roared, and then there was the main one, and I'm filming on the main one hoping he'll roar, and he just didn't roar. Uh, obviously, the other two did it for him, he didn't have to worry about it. So they've got several male lions on the same cage? They've got enclosure. three male lions in the same cage at the moment, no female, from uh, what I could see. Okay, so is it like the kind of thing, if they put a female in there, they'll try and kill each other? I think that may be what happens. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, it's interesting what sort of male to female ratios they have. Yeah, right. A lot of these animals, and they got they built a new baboon section, which is really nice for the baboons because they they were sitting in like a steel cage. Mm. It was pretty nasty where they were. So now it's all so it's felt bad. They're sitting on a hill or something. You're saying? Yeah, yeah. They got like basically a big hill that they sit on, and they just it's because they live in desert. It's it's nice to see that they've uh, actually got more like their terrain. Okay. Yeah, the Melbourne Zoo is uh, pretty good for that kind of stuff. It is. I'm actually looking forward to going to the zoo in London when we're over there. All right, anything else good? I'm sure I, there's plenty. But... Yeah, I got a uh, a new PlayStation this week. So you actually got a new PlayStation? Yeah. Sent it off and got it back? <laughs> no, because basically what happened, I bought Final Fantasy XIII 2, came out this week, mm. and I just put it in, watched the intro movie, updated the game and everything, did all that good stuff, downloaded the DLC that came with it, and... Got all settled into play. All right, here we go, rolling on. And, yep. uh, what's going on here? I watched the intro movie yep. and get to the first tutorial and the game crashes. And I'm like, oh, pain. what the hell? Sometimes I've got this weird thing where in my room, when the heater goes on or off, the PlayStation 3 screen disappears for a second. Oh. And it doesn't happen with just watching TV or 
any of the other game consoles. It's only the PlayStation, which is really weird. Um, so I thought it might have been that. It's probably because it uses as much power as Yeah, exactly. They're cutting into each other. <laughs> um, but it didn't come back on, so I'm like, what's going on? So I just, like, oh, well, at least if it's just, you know, frozen, I can uh, restart it. I haven't lost any progress or anything like that. So I tried to turn it on from the control. It's not, not registering. Sorry, I'm just showing Ben a picture of me with a fishbowl margarita at Taco Bill's, <laughs> one of the worst Australian Mexican restaurants. But they do fishbowl margaritas. And yeah. you get and you get a sombrero. A sombrero when you order one. They sure do. Did so, you finish uh, it? I, I, I did. I definitely finished it. <laughs> so I thought that I'd just turn it off from power, turn it back on, restart. Can't get the system to turn on at all. And I was trying to eject the game, couldn't get the game out. So basically my PlayStation's dead and my brand new Final Fantasy is trapped inside so I can't even play it if I, you know, was able to borrow a friends or anything like that. Mm. So I like tried turning it on and off again like a thousand times, nothing's working. And I bought my console... How'd it go when you threw it out of your window? Uh, surprisingly, that didn't fix it. Uh, bastards. Mm. I bought my PlayStation 3 in Hong Kong because they were about half the price when uh, they first came out over there. Sneaky. And so I don't think Sony was going to fix it, but it was also out of warranty and apparently it costs almost as much to fix it as it does to buy a whole new console. Wow, really? Yeah, they aren't, you know, too lenient about that stuff. They're not Microsoft. Well, Microsoft was really good. I had my 360 You've had a, you've had a lot of issues, yeah. And I bought mine 360 in Europe and they... Fixed it for free both times, even though it was out of warranty, which that was really cool. They don't care. They just value people that use their product. Well, that's why I had a look on the Sony website, all the uh, warranty stuff, and it seemed like there was a long process to actually get this thing fixed. Like, you have to wait for them to approve you, and then you have to ship it off in a well, box. Well, Microsoft, and... you just do you email them and send off the console, or do you just send it off? Yeah, you just apply it on the website, and then you can send it off. And, uh, like, you have to find a box to package it and stuff in but yeah. it's quicker than waiting for them for you to have them send you a box and then yeah, send that yeah. back and so it seems like if i did want to actually play this game i'd be waiting a long time for this whole process and fuck that yeah How so much it cost you? i got it for 320 that's pretty good down from 450 after trading in a few things and using my connections um so i got like a pretty good deal cut for me a couple of games with it or oh i got like the bundle that came with UDraw, which is the uh, THQ drawing game where you basically just get a pad and you can draw shit in the Oh, really? Thing. It didn't come with um, their move or anything like that? Well, I was trying to look at basically the thing that I could trade in for the most money. So yeah. I, I got UDraw and then traded it back straight away for 40 bucks. Oh, so, that's pretty good. Yeah, and so there was a few different bundles, like one came with Rayman and one came with Red Dead and um, like I've already... You know, played Red Dead, so I didn't. Actually, I'm, I'm thinking about going back and playing Red Dead. Did you ever finish it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> and I got yeah. most of the achievements too. So, so I like that game. But I I loved that game. I don't have any urge to go back to it at all. Yeah, I, I really do. I thought. It was, I guess you didn't enjoy. You're, you're more of a GTA guy. Yeah, by the I really liked the end of that game and I really liked the start, but the middle just felt like a long. Did you? I, 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 Mexico was a lot of fun. I thought, and like I thought each area Mexico was long, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed each area. Okay. A lot. And I have moments where, you know, you, where you went around and you had to fucking herd, herd cows and stuff like that. That was painful. But other than that... Did you uh, play the DLC as well? The zombie stuff? Yeah, I did. That was really good too. Yeah, that was pretty fun. That was a lot of fun. It was a bit of a pain with clearing out all the strongholds. Yeah, like that, that was but, yeah. the weakest part of that. 
and it, it was it was actually quite fun doing the achievement where you had to have everything clear at the same time. So all the towns, and you went through and you cleared out each town at the same time. Yeah, I never managed to finish that. That one. was a lot of fun. I got every achievement in that in the in the DLC. Yeah, nice. I, I'm missing a lot of the. Um, I'm missing one story mission, which was to do 15 missions in a row with the same horse. Oh yeah, I got that. Um, I got that by accident. I just really liked my horse. Yeah. <laughs> that was the cool thing about it is that it kind of made me attached to my uh, my horse like that. Yeah, I, I shot horses so much. You're like, oh, there's a dude, bang, shooting my horse in the head. I can't believe you're you know tearing up for Lily going to Disneyland and then shooting horses really nearly. <laughs> oh, I know, you know, inanimate animals. Um, <laughs> you were imagining it was war horse though. Yeah, yeah, yeah fucking um, but I did that a lot but I'm missing a lot of the multiplayer achievements which were just fucking hard and yeah you, I didn't get any you cannot get them now no like especially like play win a full game of poker when the when the rate the bids are at their maximum that's impossible now you'd have to team up with a bunch of friends to yeah basically I think I did the dice one I think I played a full game of dice with a full table yeah and I had I got to the end with every single dice nice I had all all five or whatever I don't know how, but I managed to get that achievement. And I got a couple of the racing achievements. Go from last in one race to first in the next race. Oh, that's cool. I think everyone just... Because everyone just killed it themselves and they were all <laughs> sitting back dead and I just ran on. Yeah, my problem... Just couldn't, just couldn't with, catch me. With the Red Dead multiplayer is that I played a game with you and uh, one of our other mates. And we I... just killed you over and over, didn't we? Or? Well, I was on level one. I hadn't played any of the multiplayer before. Oh, yeah, I the donkey? Yeah, so I had a fucking donkey. <laughs> You guys have got, like, everyone else has got awesome horses and awesome guns and, like, ten levels higher than me. And so, even if I shoot a guy, like, five times on the head, he can just turn around and shotgun me once and I'm gone. And so, it felt really unbalanced for those early yeah. levels. Which I had is... a really nerve-wracking achievement. There was an achievement in there for staying up, or having having five stars worth of, um, uh, or staying in, staying in wanted mode for five minutes online. Oh, yeah. And so, I got up to... I got up to like three and a half minutes and some dude joined my game Ooh. and he was like, oh, that guy's got to want it. I'll kill him. And I'm hiding on the top and I'm, I'm fucking, my heart is like... Yeah, I love that feeling. <laughs> my heart was going so fast and this guy is... If everyone's played Red Dead, they'll know that in the last major town, there's a building you can go to the very top of and you can sit up there and pop people off and get, get your wanted level up. And then he started coming for me, and, he, and I knew. And you can see on his arrow that he's there, and I'm here. Yep. And he climbs up. And I turn <laughs> over with my shotgun and go boom, and don't kill him. And I had to reload, and I'm going fuck, 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 running, running, running. And then I killed him just before he he, he nearly killed me. Nice. And, I, and then it was like it was like five seconds, four seconds, three seconds. He shoots me, no, two seconds. And I kill him, and I had just got there. Oh, lucky! It was so lucky. I was. That was actually. It made me so angry, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so I, I didn't really get into the multiplayer of that game, but obviously there was a lot of people that did because mm. uh, there's some people that didn't have donkeys online, unlike <laughs> me. But uh, it was it was painful though that online it was what wasn't as well built as it could have been. Plus, it didn't really inspire people to stay on. Okay, sure. But uh, yeah, mm. so I traded in a couple of stuff, and it also came with two controllers. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so I traded in two of my older. Six axis controllers and got like two new DualShock threes, which is uh, pretty awesome. So all that add up got a pretty good deal on there. Uh, oh, that's good on that stuff. So so did you trade in any game? Oh, you don't trade in games, do you? I traded in Rise of Nightmares, which was a three hundred and sixty Connect game, which I got twenty bucks for. I won it in a competition, but I don't have a Connect, so I can never play. It. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I hear it's not that great anyway. Yeah. Um. But 
Yeah, now I've got like a nice new white slim PS3, which white I, one. Yeah, it's like oh. an EB exclusive color or something like that. Which, That'd be cool. Uh, yeah, I'd never seen that before. But uh, yeah, I really want a white controller. You want a white controller? Yeah, I've got three. Fuck you. <laughs> they. How uh, much you want? How much you want for one? Three hundred twenty bucks. <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> um. So, uh, you kids. So I'll, funny. I'll, I'll leave you to it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I had to basically crack open my old PlayStation to get the game out because I couldn't eject it. So I had to buy like these crazy. Yeah, I did see you had like only one, only one metal plate left over and four, four nuts or something like that. Yeah, so I had to buy these crazy screwdrivers and work out how to uh, take off the plates and. I was uh, looking on YouTube of some video of some guy kind of telling me how to open a thing up and uh, managed to very nervously open it up with, I don't think, destroying anything. But then when I put it back together, I discovered that there was a few leftover screws and I'm like, hmm, wonder where these came from. But uh, it... Wouldn't actually, turn on still? Or? Well, yeah, it didn't, it didn't fix it, but it had the same error, so I didn't make it any worse. But uh, yeah, I think my PS3 is pretty much dead that now. That was the end of that chapter. Yep. But uh, the other thing is because I got my Sony in Hong Kong, it was a different region Blu-ray. So now not all of my Blu-ray DVDs are going to work. Which oh, is really? Kind of, yeah, it's kind of annoying. Like a lot of them are region free. but You were buying a lot of region twos or something? Well, I was pretty much buying everything on Amazon because it's the same region as Hong Kong. Oh, okay, yeah. And so, so a lot of them are going to be US region. Yeah, and so like a lot of them multi-region and will work fine, but... Yeah, I can't guarantee everything, which... Yeah, see, mine's Australian, so I've got all my Blu-rays are bought here. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like there's as easy a way to... No, no, Blu-ray's pretty pretty harsh on the old region, which is really frustrating. I reckon. (sighs) Fuck it, if we're buying it, why why lock it off to a region? And, uh, like, I assume they They must assume that if it doesn't have a region, it's easy to burn and steal. People already know how to do that, so I don't know why they bother. It seems like you can buy a you know, imported Blu-ray player for pretty cheap nowadays. So if, yeah. it depends how many movies I've got that I can't play. We'll have to uh, have some experimentation, but uh, at least I can play Final Fantasy. Yeah, that's true. I got about two and a half hours into it so far, and uh, it seems better than 13. There's a lot of uh, issues that they addressed, mm. which is uh, nice. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a tough 24 hours without my PlayStation. <laughs> mm. I'm trying to find out. I saw Sims 3 pets for the Xbox 360. And my girlfriend loves pet like Sims Three. Yeah. But I don't know whether this is whether you just play as the pets or whether you. It's a Sims, but it has. You, it, this is just one where you get a couple of pets to start with as well. Well, if it's anything like the PC one, I assume it's. Yeah, but that's the thing. The Sims, like all of the all the console ones are always a lot different. Yeah, that's true. But I got nowhere to find out. It's like I'm just hoping for a Wikipedia page on that exact game, but it just doesn't seem to be. I'm sure you could look up a review somewhere. Yeah, this is painful. <sighs> Well, that's about it for me. I I'm not sure if there's anything. No, I think else we can uh, wrap it up there. A lot. Yeah, covered up a lot and not as much complaining as usual. Well, that's because Kurt's not here. I know. It's this isn't this is never a good podcast when it's just us because we're 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 friendly with each other and both well-rounded individuals. <laughs> <laughs> is that that's really fucking harsh? Is that that's I just basically said Kurt's not a real human. He's fine. He's a good guy. He knows his shit too. I'm just being nasty for the sake of it. Not a real human. <laughs> Gets on my nerves sometimes. You know what it's like. Sure. He's a nice guy. <laughs> he's good. He's a good guy. Yeah, he, he started all this. So we wouldn't be able to do. We wouldn't be able to sit here and 
talk shit if it wasn't for him. Well, so. this will be the real test to see if he actually listens to this podcast, if he got all the way to the end where Nick implied that Kurt wasn't a real human. But it was, it was kind of like it wasn't in a bad way. It was just like a like just being a bit of a smartass. Yeah, it's like I was actually being nasty about him. I'm sure he knows. Unlike last podcast where I was nasty to him, like <laughs> directly to his face. Uh, are, we, are we good? Yeah. All right. All right. See you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Press.com.au. Yeah. Jump on there. Subscribe. Rate us on iTunes. Send us an email. Yeah, yeah. subscribing would be nice. And any, any sort of, if, if we think we're bad, I'm, I'm not that fussed about reviews. I probably won't read them anyway, but it, it's, it's good enough. I mean, maybe you'll stop someone else from listening to this and getting angry if, if it is bad. Ringing endorsement. Ringing endorsement. Bye. See ya. Bye. Alright.